It had been warmer than usual for early October. The autumn had faded gently into another glowing sunset on a long, hot Alberta summer. The leaves, fading into auburns, golds, and rusts, prepared slowly for oblivion. As I climbed Nose Hill, the blustery wind sent the wheat-like tall grasses into a frenzy, giving structure and visual to the ebbs, flows, swirls of the boisterous currents that commanded the attention of the shifting landscape. The wind was music and the grass couldn't help but dance. The ascent is relatively ordinary. Each of my steps forward was a little higher in elevation than the one before. The path I had chosen winds through groves of aspens and poplars. The occasional deer gawks and I gawk back as if neither of us are aware of our own deadpan. But when you arrive here at the top, it is strangely flat and treeless. It is here in every direction that the golden grass flails most wildly with every gust. On this day, I couldn't see any other human in any other direction. Perfect. Normally, I would have smoked a joint right about then. After all, I had come here to reflect, to process, to decompress, and write. Cannabis, when used well, provides a deeper capacity for clarity, creativity, and expression than my brain independently possesses. Like a marathon runner who consumes electrolytes during a race to keep the body in performance condition. But it has never served me well when I was stressed or in need of making difficult decisions. So I decided to focus on the emotionally jarring situation I was in with full sober attention. The day before on October 6, 2021, the Canadian government had announced punitive measures against all residents who had actively chosen not to receive two, for now, doses of the approved COVID-19 vaccines. The result? As of November 30th, 2021, I would not be allowed to board an airplane or take a train in Canada, not to another Canadian city where COVID already existed, or to leave to the beach in order to break up the chafing and persistent Canadian winter. Imagine surviving the frigid prairies without access to a good old beach party now and again. I don't even enjoy the sand between my toes so much as I just enjoy not being subjected to sub-zero murderous temperatures and to contrast the burnt dust blasts of mechanical air in cars, offices, and grocery stores that leaves us sweating under winter coats that we then don't want to take off. With our only land border being cozied up to the USA, traveling outside the country by land would also be unlikely. The longest so-called undefended border in the world had been closed for over a year and was unlikely to open for the unvaccinated whenever things calmed down. So I wouldn't be able to travel outside of the country except, in theory, by boat, and I would have to drive to a seaport, whatever those are, to get there. And I can't even be sure that that would be an option. This basically meant that I would either have to subject myself to government-mandated pharmaceutical dependence with experimental products on a go-forward basis in order to just be granted inclusion within society, or I would be trapped in a country that apparently doesn't want me anymore, a country that would likely go to even more extreme lengths to further exclude me from normal life. Oh, Canada. For some... But not for most who are listening to this. I can already feel your blood pressure rising, simply knowing that I'm critical of this travel policy and mandatory vaccination. Society has normalized a seemingly instinctual vilification of people like me who are considered too critical and needlessly suspicious. 
It's a choice to resent those who disagree with you and not a necessary reaction. For those who refuse to conform with ethically muddled and rushed policies built around questionable solutions. For those who politely decline the frantic calls to reaction. We are the target of suspicion, derision, and real-life segregation. We are told either it's for our own good or it's for theirs, depending on the mood of the day. And our pleas for reasonable conversations have fallen on waxy, stubborn ears of the masses. We have all been asked by the media, by the government, and by pharmaceutical companies to persuade dissenters through shame and peer pressure. And so many feel justified in how they speak to and about people that simply abide by a different philosophy. Some of you have listened to that call to action and said, yes, let's lump everyone into the same category of anti-vaxxers and silence them. Many of you are quietly embarrassed of the politically contrived media exacerbated extremism. A few of you will be tricked into thinking you hate me on the basis of this one opinion that I have shared. You don't really. You might think that I'm stupid or selfish, and I don't have any resentment to you anyways. I am so sorry that we have all experienced this from every perspective, but your assumptions about me are purely assumptions and not actually about me. And actually, this isn't even about you versus me. This needs to go back to idea versus idea. And for us to focus on the ideas without becoming so emotionally charged, we need to realize that we are actually in control of those emotions. So when your blood pressure goes up because I say something that you don't agree with, we need to all acknowledge that that is a choice. And if we want to show up to hard conversations and get pushed outside our comfort zone as a result, and that's what leads to better solutions, then we need to start taking control of those emotions before we show up to these conversations. If we aren't willing to be challenged and pushed outside of our comfort zones, then how are we collectively going to have difficult conversations? The entire discussion deserves to be unpacked separately, but consider this. When many, many people had to choose between forced vaccinations and losing their jobs, pensions, and relationships with loved ones, a good number of them, including healthcare workers and doctors and scientists, looked at the direction that society was going on a philosophical level and made the difficult choice to relinquish their economic and social security in exchange for bodily autonomy. You don't really have to agree in order to empathize. You can imagine a cause that matters so much to you that you would take to the streets in protest, that you would be willing to lose your job, and you would learn to galvanize yourself against the insidious hatred you would face, simply to stand up for something that you believe to be important and noble and worth further discussion. If you can't think of anything that matters that much to you, it's worth paying attention to the societal detachment or fear of rejection required for you not to want to stand up for anything. Surely something should cause you to stand up. The whole COVID conversation and aggressive policy might not be that cause for you, and that's fine. There are plenty of causes that should matter more to me than I make time for, such as my recent discovery of the close-to-home Ferry Creek blockade. This inevitable collective attention deficit highlights the somber reality that we have made so many messes and cleaned up so few of them over human history that we all really don't know where to start anymore. But it's worth acknowledging that for many, many people, forced injections motivated by corporately driven fear campaigns, they register as a violation of our natural human experience, the way that we were just born. 
They represent a frightening symptom of our dissolution of democracy, which has been going on for decades. And they set a precedent so slippery that we simply seek to steady ourselves. For some, just the disintegration of public discourse around this and other related issues is horrific enough that to simply and silently comply was not in their blood. Nothing further, Your Honor, please. Everyone has a breaking point on every issue. A moment when we look at our shared environment, choices, policies, the hegemonic structures at play, warped moralities, and we say, enough, we need to talk. And for some people, threatening to take away jobs and restrict ability to travel, or even the ability to flee the country, that was enough. Even if you don't agree with the perspective, hopefully you can agree that if you too were in a similar personal predicament like this for pursuing your own beliefs, you too would probably go for a long contemplative walk as far away from humanity as you could. For me, this is the reason that I climbed Nose Hill. Now, don't worry, we'll unpack more around this whole topic later in as a constructive, humble, and vulnerable way as I can achieve, and I ask you to do the same. For now, I ask that you just let it be. You're not gonna change my mind while you listen to this, and I'm not trying to change yours by saying this. I share this to give an understanding of the problem that I was confronted with. I'm still the same old me, and I am certain that in the big picture, it's not going to serve you well to need someone to agree with you before you like them or hear their story. We need more room for listening and empathy. We need your mind to be alive and curious, to choose compassion and not control. We cannot be judgmental and curious at the same time. And I'm asking you to make a conscious choice not to reduct the legitimacy of my experience, my ideas, and my contributions on the basis of your own emotional reaction to a singular opinion that I hold. So on that walk, I started asking myself some questions. As of November 30th, was I willing to dig my heels in and stay in the city that I've called home for most of my life and continue to work in a successful real estate career or wherever else I remained employable and commit to protecting my place in this increasingly alienating reality, a reality where physical and ideological isolation were becoming glorified or necessary, where certain humans and values were considered toxic and dispensable and where it seemed every issue was becoming so politicized and polarized that you couldn't make it through a superficial social event without hearing someone smear them, whoever them might be that day. Or, as of November 30th, was I willing to leave Canada in order to stay at least somewhat free, forge a new path, craft a new life, and see what undiscovered possibilities might be in store for me? Who could I become? This new, fragile reality would be full of unknowns, questions, discomforts, and honestly, it smelled a little like escapism. If there's one thing that I had learned from previous travels, going somewhere new often leads to confronting the same old patterns when you get there. I didn't want to run away from something and call it a solution, but leaving might be an essential ingredient. If I was gonna leave on personally fulfilling terms where I was not a victim, but still a passionate and enthusiastic human, I needed some leverage. 
I had a number of push factors, reasons to leave Canada, but I needed pull factors too. I needed some kind of purpose, some sort of destination. I needed a resonant dream so magnificent that I would be excited to arrive there rather than just leave here. What would I choose to become in a new reality? The canvas of my future felt a little creased and bent, but it was still blank. Technically, the future could be nearly anything I wanted. I could do anything, but I would have to be on my toes. Nothing would be given from the powers that be, and I would be wading into some rather sensitive and unknown territory, both politically and spiritually. The dream for a new life would need to be so motivating that I wouldn't be daunted by the perilous path that I would need to travel to make it come true. I was Gandalf convincing the Bilbo Baggins in me that it was finally time for a thrilling adventure, while simultaneously warning him that it would be extremely risky to leave. For the last four of eight years that I'd been working in real estate, I had been verbalizing that I would continue working in real estate until I found something else that I liked more. And once I found it, I would switch to that new project. Simple as that. I liked what I was doing, but I did not let it define me, and I was not afraid to be seduced by something new. In fact, real estate was taking up less of my time anyway by choice, and I had been open to new ideas in an effort to create a hybrid existence. I knew that I wouldn't try to recreate a real estate career elsewhere if I left. Real estate is about knowing people and place, and as long as I stayed in Calgary, that served me well. If I left, people and place would become the most unfamiliar elements in my life. At the same time, if I was going to leave real estate, I had suspected that staying in Calgary would become increasingly unappealing. The world is a big place, there are many things to do, and I've been ready for an adventure for some time. Simply put, if I left Calgary, I would leave real estate. If I left real estate, I would leave this thousand stoplight town. And I would only do so when I found something tempting enough. Calgary is actually a pretty good place to live, but the world is massive, and there were surely other fulfilling lives for me to live. With these federal changes, I now had reason to push myself to brainstorm alternative existences. I was being forced by the looming deadline to think bigger, faster, and search for answers on where to fly before I was grounded and stuck. No sooner had I asked myself what I would do if I left than the answer came to me, so jarringly and obviously, that I knew that it was true before I could even unpack the magnitude of what the answer meant. The answer itself was simple. I would do everything that I am passionate about, and I'd do it without searching for a new home. I would build my skills around my interests. Writing, meditation, self-awareness, personal growth, human connection, healing, and inviting difficult conversations about complex issues. I would go full send into exploring everything that I have to contribute to the world around me and learn everything I could from those who had something to share. I would follow, to the best of my ability, my recently discovered and roughly honed intuition just to see where it would take me. I would effortlessly glean wisdom and truths from my own struggles and adventures, and also from the struggles and adventures of those around me. And I could articulate them through writing and speaking for a wider audience that we may grow and learn together. Hell, I'd been writing casually for over a year on Instagram at words.by.schwa and had gained something of a small and enthusiastic audience of 5,000 readers. Please join me there too. Most of my writing explored the ideas of tackling uncertainty, understanding fear, pursuing growth, and living without adhering to culturally perceived fear-based stories. I had been studying meditation, self-awareness, practical Buddhism, stoicism, polyamory, emotional regulation, anxiety, conflict resolution, limiting beliefs, and everyday empathy. 
I had dabbled in Reiki, flirted with philosophy, and I have somewhat obsessively subjected myself to chaotic and difficult situations simply to learn what I could and to share it with others. I also had consumed a lot of psychedelics with exhaustingly unpredictable and yet painfully productive results. And through all of it, I write, I speak, and I share my discoveries. I'd been pretty busy. What if I lived out all those actions I described before as best I could for the rest of my life? I had been spending most of my time doing things that I liked and some of my time doing things that I loved. And to be honest, the imbalance of focus had been wearing on me for a while. Over the years, I had become very intentional about making sure that I wasn't spending my time doing things that didn't resonate wherever possible. So this was just a further refinement of that filter. So I realized that COVID definitely had provided the needed spur in my side, but I'd been saddling up for a while to go on this journey. Only now can I look back and see the little moments, the choices, the conversations that mattered. I didn't get to pick the timing, but I could either hold on tight to what once was or jump full send, full schwa into exploring my unlimited capacity. This is, after all, who schwa is. Beyond a pen name, this is the named highest version of myself. Schwa is the explorer, the adventurer, the seeker, the communicator, the lover, and the forgiver. Schwa is the well within me that when I thirst, I draw more from. The one who is willing to be wrong, hungry to be free, to be afraid and alone and unstoppable anyways. Some of us name the voice in our head that nags and criticizes us. Instead, I have named the version of myself that seeks to lift me and others higher. I was ready to meet the me that I could be after conquering fear-based attachments, stories, and insecurities that I no longer felt controlled by. At some point, you realize that you are just a human being, an animal walking on the beautiful planet who needs food and shelter and belonging, and everything else beyond that is pretty much made up. For me, that was liberating because I recognized the cultural genesis of what you can and can't do that had previously constrained my actions. I realized the reality that societal moralities are always shifting, subjective, and dispensable if I should choose to act otherwise. I'm now less interested in what society wants for me and far more interested in what I want for me. Any one culture's truths are so incomplete and the gaps deserve some exploration. New ideas, new places, and new people would create a more diverse perspective. I didn't choose the timing or the catalyst for all this change, but why not choose to embrace the change right now anyways? I needed to view this as an opportunity and not a setback. When I looked at it from that light, I noticed the ways in which it was already an opportunity. I didn't want a normal life anyways. I wanted to be well outside the box. I wanted to write. I wanted to learn. I wanted to focus on big ideas in tiny moments. I wanted to contribute to the lives of others, and I wanted to challenge myself to learn and change on an ongoing basis. This was the opportunity, and this was my window. All right, I sighed with a deep breath atop a windswept yellow hill staring down at the stubborn city skyline below. I'm in. I'm doing it. I'm leaving. <laughs>